<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everybody, welcome to the Guys and Ties podcast. It's Robert here along with Dustin. And I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. The green dot marks great deals, yellow dot good deals, and red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? Use promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I want to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. That's absurd. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and we have Rob with us today. We are in studio, and we are here to talk about some great things going on in UVA sports. There's a lot going on. Men's Lacks uh, is moving on to the Final Four, which is awesome. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, but first, we wanted to talk about a former who uh, who had a pretty good NFL career, but he's an even better guy. And Rob, I know you have a lot of thoughts on him. Chris Long is retiring what do yeah. you think about this? Dude, I mean, this is the Chris Long episode. It's got to be. Chris Long episode. All Chris right. Long we got is our just name. the man. We got our name. Oh, yeah. I guess we can. Yeah. The Chris oh, Long episode. We can just episode. throw it out there. The Chris Long uh, episode. Chris Long, dude, is like the man. Like, just straight up the man. Like, there's not a bad story about this man, like, anywhere, uh-huh. ever. Because he's awesome. As a football player, as a person, uh, you know, what he's done in Charlottesville, I didn't realize, or I did realize, I remembered this morning that he gave, like, the Val Victory speech or whatever at UVA last year at graduation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is graduation weekend at UVA, by the way. Yeah. So, we said we'd throw that in there. Congrats to all the who's who are graduating. Congrats, boys. And girls. And girls. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think we just got to talk about Chris Long for a bit, man. Because, yeah. like, I don't know what your memory is of Chris Long, but mine is just, like, awesome like college and nfl yeah i think i think the greatest memory i have is when we were playing at maryland and he got a safety yeah and just like crushed uh that maryland quarterback was so annoying looking at that curly hair napoleon dynamite looking guy yeah yeah, yeah kind of I, I forget his name but so do i <laughs> but he he got crushed and chris long came up with the l on his arm and it was awesome that was that was my favorite memory of chris long but honestly i mean he was just dominant throughout his whole college career, and then got drafted second overall behind uh, another Long, uh, Jake Long, Jake Long from Michigan. Michigan. He and went to the Dolphins, I Dolphins, think. yeah. 
And, you know, I think Chris Long had a really good career for the Rams but it and the Patriots and the Eagles, but it wasn't like he was a overwhelmingly good player. Like, he was a good player, but it wasn't like a great player. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of weird when you think about his NFL legacy because his legacy is always going to be kind of everything he's done off the field. You yeah. know, water boys and like how involved he is and he speaks up. Walter Payton issues. Man of the Year award. Yeah. yeah, it was big. It was funny too when they actually called him up. There's like a video of when they told him he had won it. They called him into the office and he was scared. He just thought, oh God, like I'm getting cut. Like what's going <laughs> on? And they call him in and he's like, yeah, like, you know, this doesn't have to do with your playing. He's like, oh, okay. And then he gets man of the year. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so I mean, you know, his career stats over 11 seasons, he had 70 sacks. He kind of had a slowish time adjusting because what a lot of people don't remember really is that we were a 3-4 team with Al Grell. Like he was a 3-4 defensive end drafted mm-hmm. to be a 4-3 defensive end. Very mm-hmm. different positions. And he took some time to get up to speed, four sacks and then five sacks in his first two seasons. Best season in the NFL as far as sack numbers go were 2011 and 2012 where he had 13 and 11 and a half sacks respectively and then it's kind of hurt his last two years on the rams you know one sack and then three sacks and ended up getting cut patriots as a role player and his role increased as the season went on uh he did really well and was a big piece in kind of their super bowl second half Mm -hmm. you know two good years with the eagles but you know like one thing obviously like everyone knows like above average NFL player, like pretty good NFL player, maybe mm. not the number two pick billing, but a pretty good NFL player. Yeah. And then obviously great stuff uh, on and off the field. Like what we want to do is we just want to talk for a minute about his time at UVA. Yeah. Cause like, dude, that 2007, that Maryland game was incredible. And like, you look back at his stats from 2007, that man as a three, four end had 79 tackles, 19 tackles for loss and 14 sacks. Like, he honestly carried that team. That team won nine games. They lost in the Gator Bowl and mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a not-so-pretty second half to that game. Yeah. But, I mean, that—I mean, Chris Long, honestly, as a 3-4 in, was, like, dominating, you know, everything. Yeah. And, like, that Maryland game, like, he had that big sack. I know there's, like, highlights of that on YouTube where, you know, he's eating up the run plays and— I mean, this dude was just unreal. And, like, we would talk about, like, bigger picture. Like, I've been following UVA kind of, call it 15-ish years now, football. Like, he's the most dominant player I can remember in Scott Stadium wearing a UVA uniform. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you, Dustin, but he to me, he's the most dominant one I've seen in person. I think I think it goes up there with the likes of Heath Miller or Matt Schaub. You know, the ones who, like, for me personally, the ones who were really good in college and also made it to the NFL and actually did something. And I think Heath Miller is probably the one I would stack up there with him just Mm -hmm. because of the fact that Heath Miller had such a great career at Pittsburgh and Mm -hmm. he really like embodied the, you know, the way that a tight end is supposed to be like the the traditional tight end blocking and catching some good passes and you know, but I think Chris Long is the most memorable. I think that he, because you know Heath Miller was kind of always a quiet guy. I mean, he didn't really mm-hmm. speak out much. He wasn't a leader type. I mean, he was a silent leader. But Chris Long is really like leadership driven, very outspoken, very outspoken about things that he cares about. And I mean, you could definitely see it more so in the NFL when he had a bigger platform. You know, he gave up his whole salary in the 2017 season, I think, yeah, I for think um, uh, educational purposes for students uh, who were underserved in communities where he lived. He was, you know, 
outspoken about a whole bunch of different things regarding race in the NFL and the culture in the NFL. And I'm, I think that he, he used his platform to do that. And I think he did it really well. I think he did it really well. I think a big thing for him too, as far as like his UVA legacy goes, was that his like dominant season was his senior season. Mm -hmm. You know, he had pretty good years and then he just broke out that senior season. And, you know, that's kind of how you remember guys like Heath Miller. I think his best season was that 2003 season. And then Schaub goes to the league. Marcus Higgins is a quarterback, way more run first team. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Heath Miller's stats kind of go down a little bit his senior season. And it kind of ties back to why I wanted Kyle Guy to go pro, man, when he was on the fence, like, Go out on top. Like, that's your legacy. That's what you're remembered for. Yeah. And, dude, I mean, like, first team All-American, like, all those awards, number two overall pick, man. Like, we just have to give Chris Long his due, man. That dude was awesome. I think that that he's a special guy just because of not only what he does on the field, but what he does off of it. And we've said this before. I think think that his legacy in the NFL isn't going to be defined by him winning two Super Bowls or him being on you know, the, that sucky Rams team for so yeah. long. But it's going to be defined by the fact that he's, you know, he started the Waterboys Foundation and he is building um, all of these wells in needy communities and he's donating his salary and he's doing all this other stuff. I think that's really what's going to define him is that and his Walter Payton Man of the Year award. I think that would be, I think if he was asked that, it, he would probably say that was his best thing that mm-hmm. he did in the NFL is win that award. Yeah. Or that's, just, that's my guess. Or just the uh, Super Bowl parade with the Patriots when right. just him and Gronk just living <laughs> it up. Yeah. He wore like a massive fur coat. It was just pounding beer. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Anyway. Yeah. He's and, the man. Dude. Yeah. We just have to give Chris Long his due, man. That dude's awesome. And, and all time great who. I have a question for you. What do you think he does next? Do you think that he goes into announcing like like Howie, or do you think he does something else? Do you think he keeps doing his work? I don't know. Yeah, no, I I'm not sure. I mean, he's obviously going to continue like his charitable stuff, and but he's got I, a, and he's got a family. To, yeah, 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 to be with, and I think that my guess is he'll probably spend some time with them. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets into the media though. I don't yeah. know if he wants to be a TV guy. I could see him as like a ringer guy or like something got, like that. Well, he already works for Sports Illustrated. Oh, does he? Yeah, he writes for he writes their Game of Thrones <laughs> updates every week. One more so, coming, I guess. Yeah, only one more. That's too bad. Not yeah. really. We're but, recording yeah. this on Sunday, so hopefully you've seen it by the time it comes out. Or, we, I, we don't know. Yeah, or not. Yeah, we maybe. Don't care. Yeah, we won't give anything away. Yeah, dude. Sports Center this morning had like Game of Thrones themed highlights and features. <laughs> I was like, dude, like it's getting out of hand. It's too much. I like it, but it's getting out of hand. It's too much. It's not that good. <laughs> it's not that good to everyone, at least. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think you know. He'll probably take some time off. Do you know where he's living right now? Is he living in Charlottesville? I don't know. His retirement picture made it seem like he was. It looked in like he was. In tra- it looked like the Blue Ridge Mountains. He was like tweeting sure. during the day. He was like, "Yeah, big day plan." He was tweeting about him fishing and like waving to another fisherman across the river, and then then it just comes out. And I thought it was like I didn't realize at first it was a retirement tweet. Like I saw it and I was like, "Oh, like super pretty picture." Didn't really yeah. read it fully, oh, and I get a notification like goodbye. five minutes later. I'm like, oh, got it. Yeah. No, um, I, I, but I think he'll be missed, and I think that the league will miss him. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what other, what the league takes away from him and his legacy and, you know, what, what they do with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of doing great things with your platform, Malcolm Brogdon is yeah. another guy who, you know, works with Chris Long 
and he has been using his platform as an NBA player on a conference final team to raise awareness for his charity, which is uh, Hoops 2-0, right? Mm-hmm. And he they build wa- uh, wells in Africa. And he was on, after game two versus the Raptors, he was on with Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley donated $45,000 to him, which I thought was really cool of Charles Barkley. And it's also cool of Malcolm Brogdon to use, you know, his fame and what he's working for to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, like like I said a couple episodes ago, I was in Minnesota, or not Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Madison, Wisconsin, a couple weeks ago. And my Uber driver was just raving about Malcolm Brogdon. It's like, dude, great basketball player. Like, obviously, second-round pick. Like, you know, we love him, like, way more than we could have expected. And then he was also like, you know, the thing is, and I mean no disrespect to his basketball game, is that, you know— people are going to remember him for more for what he's going to do after basketball or mm-hmm. use, you know, another Chris Long type guy. Yeah. Like, good player, but, like, there's also, like, this untapped ceiling there so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, Brogdon's the man, dude. He's also the man. I agree. And something he said is he, he was saying that basketball is not, like, my goal in life. My goal in life is to help people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that wasn't the exact quote, but it was something along those lines, and it was just kind of embodied the way that he's been going through his whole life, you know. Got his master's degree from UVA. He's been really outspoken about things. He's, you know, he's got this charity that's doing great work. He's uh, involved in the Players Association in the NBA, which is awesome, especially for someone so young. Yeah, he's like the number one or number two guy in the Players Association. I think he's like the number two guy. Yeah, like to be, I think he's the what, VP. three years out of college. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's second incredible. round pick, too. Yeah. So I, he is, I think he has a lot of respect around the league, and I think that you know, I, it's exciting to see him not only, you know, back from his injury, but also doing really well once he got back. He was really pivotal and, you know, we're not NBA, I'm not an NBA guy, but he was really pivotal in that game, uh, win against the Raptors, both of them. So mm-hmm. it'll be uh, good to see them go on. Hopefully they make the finals. Hopefully they beat the Warriors. I mean, I think they're going to make the finals. I guess I'm a Bucks fan now. Dude, I'm totally a Bucks fan. I'm not like a huge, I'm from, you know, I'm a Saints fan. I'm from New Orleans, but I'm, my family's from New Orleans, but I'm not a Pelicans fan. Yeah. Should I become a Pelicans fan now that they're going to get Zion, though? I don't know. We still don't know how that's going to work. I don't the, really know. That's that's a whole separate discussion. That's a whole separate but like, discussion. But AD, I don't know. But I think that, you know, the Bucks are so easy to like. I mean, you especially got, with Giannis Well, now. especially for UVA fans. Like, Malcolm is on that team. Giannis is probably the most fun player to watch Giannis ever. Giannis is awesome. And, yeah, go Bucks, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't – I got a friend in New York who's like, yeah, you know – I grew up a Knicks fan, and then I got to New York, and, you know, it it got too expensive to be a Knicks fan because their tickets are so expensive. It's like, so then I became a Bucks fan, or not a Bucks fan, a Nets fan, Mm -hmm. and then Joe Harris got good. So, you Wizards, man, if they take DeAndre Hunter, if he slides that far, then maybe we come. I hope they don't. The Wizards are a mess, man. Yeah. They're a mess. Yeah. But I, um, you know, there was a mock draft that had Ty going to the Bucks. At late in the first round, dude. Let's let's transition this, man. Because we Good have a lot transition. of NBA yeah. news going on. Yeah, so we uh, are coming off a com- NBA Combine week, and we only had two players at the NBA Combine: Kyle and Ty. Dre was invited, but he pulled out. I think there was nothing for him to show off. Yeah, I mean he, I mean they can just he, he could probably just tell him watch the championship game. That's yeah. <laughs> that is me. That's who I am. So, but. You know, there's some interesting things that came out, and there's some good talk coming out about Kyle and Ty out of that combine. And I want to go over their um, measurements real quick. So, Kyle had, 
We're going to go through them just real quick. Kyle had 5.7% body fat compared to Ty's 6.5% body fat. Both pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would I would have expected that. Kyle's just skinnier than Ty. Yeah. Ty's a little bit bigger. Well, the big news is kind of his height, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Kyle's height, Kyle was only six feet without shoes on. So that's a little bit different than we were expecting. You know, he came in his first year. He was listed at 6'3", and that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Quinn. I remember Quinn Blanding was listed at 6'4 as a freshman. Oh, really? And then his sophomore year, he was 6'1", yeah. and then junior was 6'2". And we're yeah. like, bro, like, what's going on? That's like, funny. choose one. What's going on over the place? But yeah, I mean, Kyle was uh, six feet tall standing. Ty is 6'4", standing without shoes on. But uh, Kyle's wingspan is a little bit bigger. It's 6'4 and a half inches, and Ty's wingspan is only 6'4". And Rob, you said that wasn't surprising to you. Yeah. Well, that, I remember I used to joke. I always thought Ty had short arms. Yeah. So I don't know. But is that a bad thing for a point guard? I know it's good for like, it's better for defenders to have longer arms, but does it make any difference when you're shooting or your mechanics or anything? I, I don't know. Yet. Ty's a big guy. He's a big guard. He's a big He'll boy. be okay. He's, uh, Ty is 194 pounds and uh, Kyle is one seven or 167 pounds, more or less. So I would probably say soaking wet, too. That yeah. seems like a big number for him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. My guess is Dre is going to be in the top six or seven. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even higher than that. Maybe higher. I really don't know. I guess, I'm guess i guessing Ty's either late first or early second round. And I think Kyle's a solid second round pick. I think especially after his performances. And, you know, they had a five-on-five game and he was able i was watching some highlights he was able to get his own shot versus some really top tier defenders Mm -hmm. he was shooting really well from the outside um he he is labeling himself as the best shooter in the draft he might be i think he is and you know he was shooting really well they were doing some shooting drills as well he was one of the top shooters in every category except for the top of the key which i found really interesting he was shooting really badly from the top of the key actually so but he was shooting well from NBA range and college range, so mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's definitely a lot. He's a situational player, I would say, in the NBA. Dude, if you're a shooter, though, like that's where the game is headed, right? Like I remember JJ Redick like wasn't that used as much a couple years ago, and but then all of a sudden he, the game keeps trending and trending towards the three point. But JJ Redick also developed a different kind of game. Yeah, you know? I he, think he's Ky- a, he's able to get to the rim a little bit more often. He's bigger. Yeah, he than is Kyle bigger. is. J.J. Redick, you know, coming out of college was known as a shooter, but he's developed a little bit more than that. I think Kyle has more of a Kyle Korver, yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of vibe to him where he comes in as a three-point specialist, mm-hmm. and that's kind of all he's going to do maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Kyle will hustle on defense. He's a good rebounder. He's going to make some plays that I think will surprise people. Yeah. And, I mean, we also just think of him within the confines of Tony Bennett's kind of system. Right. And- you know, like Dre and Ty Jerome were probably the biggest beneficiaries kind of later in the year as the mover blocker kind of was utilized less and less frequently. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we could see Kyle could get his own shot. And we also just seen so much of Kyle. Kyle was like the perfect guard for a UVA Tony Bennett system, you know, going around the curls and the screens. Like he was so good at that, just catch and shoot. So we see so much of that part of his game. And then what basically people are finding out at the combine is that, hey, there's other parts of this game, too. You know, the, the big takeaway, I'm just reading tweets here right uh-huh. now, but it's like, listen, like, he can, he's a great passer. You know, he can do drives to the basket. Not great, but he can get there. He's good on switches, obviously, fundamentally sound defensively. 
yeah, you know, he's a shooter. That's going to be his identity. Yeah. But he'll he'll see the floor. I don't see any reason why this guy can't contribute in some form in the NBA. I think he'll I just think he's too good of a shooter. I mean, whether or not he spends a couple of years in the G League or whether he gets a two-way contract or, you know, whatever, I think he's definitely got a place in the league. And I think that, you know, he'll find it. I think he's going to surprise some people too. You know, so he's going to get drafted and some fans are going to be going, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> who is this guy? But I think that... He's gonna look tiny on the NBA. Yeah, like he's gonna look small. He's gonna look tiny. He needs <laughs> then, his he needs his bun back. Yeah, to get a couple show, inches. Show him off. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why he was listed at six three because of the yeah. bun. Who knows? Man? Who knows? <laughs> I know DeAndre Hunter though. Just switching over to him a little bit. So Billis is kind of campaigning for the Lakers to take DeAndre Hunter. Really? Billis is kind of like yeah, like after those top well, they have, three, they have the four. They have the fourth pick. You know, mm. he's like, yeah, after, you know, Zion, probably John Morant's number two and R.J. Yeah. Barrett. It's like, man, like, I don't see any reason why the Lakers don't take DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. So, I mean, Billis is kind of openly out there saying it. Well, I mean, who else would they take? I mean, they what they need is people to support LeBron. Mm. I mean, they've got LeBron and then, like, the, the youngest squad of people ever <laughs> um, who are all really talented. But they need someone who's not going to be an alpha dog. Mm-hmm. DeAndre, yeah, I guess, that. yeah. You you need someone who's gonna be able to play defense. You know, when LeBron doesn't feel like it, sometimes DeAndre will always play defense. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna need someone to space the floor a little bit. DeAndre's a good shooter. Yep, he can drive it. He can uh, post up. He can spot you up mid range. You know, mm-hmm. so he's a very versatile player. And if anyone on that team is gonna be better suited for the NBA than college. It's going to be DeAndre because yeah. he is going to have so much more space. Exactly. He's going to be exactly. able to do whatever he wants to defenders. Uh, and he's going to be a great defender in his own right, too. I mean, I, I expect him to sometimes get tough matchups mm-hmm. in on the team if he plays a lot. So yeah. I think it'll be I'm excited to see where his career goes in the I, NBA. I think he's it might take him a year or two to kind of really get to where mm-hmm. he can be. But that's the same for pretty much every player. Yeah. A few people come in and just dominate the league as a rookie. Right. And Dude, I mean, the NBA floor is just going to do wonders for him, man. There's mm-hmm. just going to be so much more space. Like, yeah. UVA, like, never could really spread the floor like an NBA team can. Does Tony Bennett's well, system hinder him? We well, were holding him back. It's actually interesting now because now the conversation is turning to whether or not the NCAA should expand the three-point line to NBA range. No. So, no. I mean, maybe... And then there's going to be the whole debate is, does that hurt the pack line, blah, blah, blah. So... That's something to keep an eye on. That could actually happen somewhat soon. I think that so. I think that makes it better for the pack line. Yeah? Yeah. It's harder to shoot from farther away. Yeah, but you <laughs> spread the floor more. The pack line's not as tight anymore. Yeah, but you just keep it where it was, and then it's going to be all right. Yeah. Because you, you don't... I mean, if you're going to let have people take outside shots like that, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that could be a debate here well, pretty soon. Well, let's, let's dive into this real quick. <laughs> because if you... I mean, if you expand the three-point line to NBA range... It doesn't really go out on the sides, so the sides mm. stay the same. It's really up top, and we, I mean, defend up top pretty good already. So, mm-hmm. I mean, especially with hedging, mm-hmm. we hedge screens all the way out to basically midcourt, and then they just have to get back. So I, I think that it really only helps us because it makes it more difficult to shoot over us. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the case. That's what I would or say. Or maybe, I actually would say the opposite. I would say okay. you're spreading the floor more. You still have to guard the three-point line, so the pack line isn't as tight inside. It gets easier to get into the paint. Yeah, but, but do you think that 
players who are not as skilled as NBA players are going to be taking that many more threes. Well, that's the that's the whole point of the potential rule change. Right. Is, you know, let's let's decrease the three pointers. Uh, you know, the impact of that. Yeah, but I mean, I think that if you do that, it takes away from the fun of the game. I mean, three pointers is so. I mean, if you talk to the efficiency stat nerds. They're going to tell you that the three-point shot is the most efficient shot in the game. It gives mm-hmm. you more points. It's almost as accurate sometimes, and so depending on who shoots it. Like if you're talking about Kyle, I mean, he's almost as accurate from the three-point line as he is from anywhere else on the floor. Mm-hmm. So might as well have him shoot a three instead of shooting a long two. So I think that if they move it back, it doesn't even change anything. It just makes it worse. It makes a worse <laughs> game. Maybe. I mean, you're, I mean, we'll you're going to have players who have no no sense jacking it from way downtown. Yeah. It's, it's going to clank <laughs> off the rim, and it's going to be easy easy rebound. Well, I, I, remember, I can see what you're saying. I remember the first article I saw about that had uh, Ty Jerome, at least, as the cover picture. It's mm-hmm. like, should NBA extend the three-point range? It's got Ty Jerome in the championship it's game. It's NCAA. Yeah. Well, yeah. It makes sense, man. You yeah. know, put Ty out there. Ty's well, I mean, got the range. Yeah, I mean, Ty's got the range for sure. I mean, Ty would frequently take... Uh, threes from past nba range and yeah. make them so yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah and then ty you know we don't know where he's gonna go man everyone's saying late first round so we I don't really know what that means yeah so we like, we've talked about kyle's impact in the nba we talked about dre's impact in the nba let's talk about uh ty's impact in the nba for a little bit okay so ty once again we've said might go late first round early second round maybe even mid first round if a team really likes him for some reason mm-hmm what do you think is his game going to be in the NBA? How is he going to translate? I think he's going to be a two guard. I mean, I just don't see defensively how he's going to be able to necessarily keep up with some of these really dynamic point guards. You mm-hmm. know, your Russell Westbrooks, your Kyrie Irvings, you know, those type of guys. Damian Lillard. But I mean, Kyle Guy, or sorry, Ty Jerome, what I've talked to a lot of people and what they say is that you don't really realize how difficult he is to guard until you mm-hmm. actually have to guard him. Like, until you're like floor level with him. You just don't see how efficient he is with all his movements. Just he's a big guard and he uses his body really well to shield the ball. You know, he was so good at that, especially down the stretch in the championship game, just running off of picks and shielding defenders on his back and getting into the lane. You know, he's not the quickest in the world. His shot release isn't super fast, Mm -hmm. but it's obviously really good and he can shoot from deep. Um, You know, I could see him as a rotational two guard in the NBA, a guy who can play point if you need him to. Uh-huh. But I don't see, again, any reason why he can't be good. Because what everyone I've talked to is saying, like, yeah, like, take what you see on the floor as, like, yeah, like, this guy's good. But, like, get up and see him in person, and you're like, wow, like, I did not appreciate, like, how fundamental and how strong this guy is. Because I think something that's always knocked Ty in the eyes of NBA people is his athleticism or lack thereof of exactly, his athleticism. Yeah. And so, I mean, to be fair, I've never seen him dunk before. I don't know if he can dunk. And he's six four. He's four inches taller than Kyle. Yeah. So Kyle, Kyle can dunk. Kyle can dunk. We know this. We've seen it several times. And he's told us he can dunk. But Ty, I really honestly don't know if he can dunk. I, my guess would be no. I bet my, he can. I don't. But it's like super close. I actually like, don't think he can. My okay. guess is he can. We'll have to ask our sources. About yeah, we'll this. ask our sources about it. But <laughs> but that that being said, he's never tried in a game, whether he can or not. And so that and he doesn't look fast. He doesn't jump really high. You know, he's got those, as Rob said earlier, T-Rex arms. (laughs) And they're not really T-Rex arms, but they are smaller than his height, which, you know, is... The ratio is a little off. It's a little off, and it's undesirable for the NBA. So when you're talking about athleticism, he doesn't really fit the bill as an NBA guard. But 
he's smarter than a lot of people who are going to be in the NBA. With his body movement, he's got really good footwork, mm-hmm. and he's able to create space even when someone else might be way more athletic than he is. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be able to create space. He's really good at mid-range jumpers. Yeah, I think back to over the summer when him and DeAndre were working out together, and there's that video that came out. DeAndre was the defensive player of the year mm-hmm. in the ACC he was guarding Ty one-on-one, and Ty was still able to create space past the three-point line, mid-range. He was also able to get by him on, on a couple of layups. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be really interesting to see, once again, how the space affects how Ty plays. Yeah. Not yeah. to mention, he's like a second point guard out there. If he, doesn't play, if he doesn't play the one and he plays the two, he's able to bring the ball up. He's able to distribute. He's a really good passer. Yeah. He's a really good passer. He's smart with the ball, too. He doesn't have a lot of turnovers. So I'm excited to see what his role is going to be for an NBA team going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I mean, like, well, you hit on all the points there. Like, the big thing is, oh, he's not that athletic. Right. But he's just so good at, he's just so fundamentally sound. He's just so good at, like, all the little things. His ball handling, his ability to create space. And then, God, I mean, like, you think about all the passing. Like, I remember there was this one tweet that was, like, highlighting his passing as a strength. And almost all the clips were just, like, his swing passes across court in the championship game against mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Like, yeah. just ability to, like, get the slightest step and then just be able to sling the ball all over the court. Right. I mean, he, I mean, he that, can do a lot. I mean, man. he had a pass to the, the pass to DeAndre for to, to tie it, uh, it, to send it to overtime was incredible. He, he had a pass to Kyle earlier in the game that went through, like, two two defenders. Yeah, and, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. And he, he's, an incre- he's got incredible vision. He's really smart with it. He's got a high IQ. He knows how to stay in front of someone on the on defense, even though he can. I mean, if you think back, the only time that I that was concerning for me, we talked about this earlier, was the Duke game, the first Duke game, where mm-hmm. he got cooked a couple times by both Zion and R.J. Barrett, and mm-hmm. those are the type of guys type of guys he's gonna be guarding in the NBA. Yeah. So we'll see if his defense hinders him or not. But I'm excited to see. I'm excited for all three of them. And I'm excited to see what Mommy does too. We still haven't heard if Mommy's coming back or not. So yeah. Let's talk. All right, real quick before we talk about Mamadi, just real quick on an R.J. Barrett quote that I okay. saw this week that I love. He's all like, right. "Yeah, you know, if the Pelicans take Zion and Memphis takes Ja Morant, I guess my next two choices of where I'd like to go would be New York and Los Angeles, aka the teams that hold the third and fourth right. pick in the draft." It's like, oh, if I don't go one or two, I'd rather go three or four. Right. So it's like, all right, you just pointless quote. Um, anyway, Mamadi, <laughs> Mamadi, <laughs> I think Mamadi comes back. I honestly, I still think the trend and that people are thinking that he stays at this point like you know he what is it 29th is the deadline no i'm not sure i don't know it's sometime late may rj or uh rothstein keeps telling us but i i keep forgetting what it is yeah I mean, you, you keep talking i'll search <laughs> anyway what it is. whatever it is it's not more than two weeks and probably like a week and a half i forget what it is exactly I think Mamadi comes back, though, honestly. Like, there, mm-hmm. you know, he did not get the invite from the G League camp to uh, the main combine. And I think 10 guys from the G League camp got the combine invite. Mm-hmm. So he was Mamadi not, was one, not of one of those. No. So I just, I don't know. And, you know, he's had some visits and workouts with teams, but not as many as the other guys. I I personally think, and, you know, this is Robert, 24 years old, mm-hmm. uh, business grad out of UVA. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> I personally think, you know, he'd be better off coming back at yeah. the same time. Well, yeah, I, th- I think so, too. I think that, you know, he's got he, – he could get so much better yeah. coming back. I, at the same time, you know, he might not want to come back. Yeah. And I totally understand if he 
didn't want to come back with all these guys leaving. But I mean, he could easily go make some money overseas even if he doesn't get drafted. Yeah, I and mean, we just don't know what his personal motivations and goals are. Yeah. And that's what makes this so complicated. Yeah. And I think everyone kind of, we talked about this before, I think everyone kind of expected him to come back and then he stayed in the process longer. Uh-huh. And now what, did you find the date? He's I don't got remember. until the 25th of May to So he's got, us. what, a Six week? days? Yeah, not even. Less than a week? Yeah, so until this coming Saturday. So, so we'll know this week. Yeah, one way or the other, yeah. we'll know. If he doesn't tell us yeah. anything, it's like, all right, <laughs> got Bobby, it, bro. I guess he's staying in the draft. <laughs> yeah. No, it's weird, man. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I I selfishly hope he comes back. I think it'd be I better for him to come back. But, yeah. you know, you can't, can't tell a man who's staring at a lot of money, you know, whether it's in the U.S. or in Europe, what to do. Hey, yeah. we're, we're trying to help him out, Rob. <laughs> this is for his benefit. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I think, uh, I think, so we talked about Chris Long. We've talked about Malcolm Brogdon in the NBA. We've talked about the NBA draft and the people who are getting drafted. But let's transition to the sports that are actually going on right now. And I want to mention, first off, men's lacrosse is going to the final four. Rob, how do you feel about it? It's great, man. Team's back. And it was, there's some controversy. There was yeah. some controversy with it. Okay, so I didn't watch the game. I'm going to be honest. I was uh, sick yesterday, didn't feel great, wasn't watching the game. What was the controversy? I keep hearing about it. Yeah, so Virginia was down, I think, 12-7, to 7, uh-huh. and then starts, you know, revving up the comeback, you know, get that 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th goal. And then with, what, it was like a minute and then a half left, there was a shot, and I forget who shot it. But it eventually became the game-winning goal, or uh-huh. game-tying goal, but it clearly hit off the crossbar. I mean, this ball hit off the crossbar and, like, went out of bounds at, like, midfield. I mean, this thing clanked off the crossbar. But they called it a goal? They called it a goal, which was very weird because, I'm going to be honest, there were some shots earlier in the game that kind of looked like they might have been a goal, but, like, just barely hit off the inside of the post or something uh-huh. like that and came out, and the goal was shaking a little bit. And, like, some earlier shots I could have thought, like, oh, maybe that was actually a goal. I mean, this ball hit off the crossbar and flew to midfield. And then you heard the thunk. Yeah. And then then, like one ref like hit his head to reset the shot clock. And another ref came in. He was like, nah, that's a goal, man. And you look at the replay. There's no replay in college lacrosse. And you're like, dude, that hit the pipe. Like that was exactly what we thought it was. Pipe city. And yeah, I didn't call it. So that became the game time goal. So some controversy with that. Okay. UVA still had the backup. So they still had a chance to score if it didn't go in. Right. They didn't call it a goal, but. Anyway, they get to overtime. UVA dominated the face-offs, dude, in the second uh-huh. half. Fourth quarter, they won seven of eight face-offs. It's good to be back, man. And then now you get all these cheesy jokes online. They're like, oh, UVA's in the Final Four again. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. Okay, but, uh, you know, it's it's a big win for the Lax team, man. It's it's a big step in the program. Unfortunately, we have to play Duke now, Yeah. which Duke just barely squeaked by Notre Dame in overtime yesterday. I uh-huh. watched a, college, a lot of college lacks yesterday, man. Yeah. A lot of college I'm lax. jealous of you. I wanted to do that. But, so we got to play Duke, and, you know, apparently Lars has this, like, checklist of things that, like, they need to do, like, when he started. And it's like, win an ACC game. I mean, they hadn't won an ACC game in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And check that box, you know, get to a Final Four was on there, win the ACC championship. So kind of the two left that are on his list are beat Duke, beat Duke and win a national championship. That's kind of like, sounds like uh, Broncos checklist a little bit, beat Tech yeah. and then also get to a, you know, a playoff game. Yeah. So beat Duke. So we've lost 19 of the last 20 against Duke. We looked this up before the episode and it's kind of buried in UVA's game notes, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly, 
But the last time UVA <laughs> beat Duke and lacrosse was the 2010 ACC tournament. So nine years ago. I was in high school. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. We in 10th grade. Yeah, we were in high school. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's almost worse. No, we than... were in ninth grade. We were in ninth grade. Oh, yeah. Of spring of 2010. Ninth, ninth grade. grade. I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. That's insane. You know, it's, it's almost worse than the tech football loss. Almost. <laughs> it's not quite, but it's still pretty it's bad. It's close, man. I don't know why. Like, Duke just has, like, this mystical thing going on. Like, and, we just can't beat them. And they're not even, like, that great against other teams. It's just oh, yeah. us. Yeah, it's just, like, like they, they can have a bad year, yeah. miss the tournament, and then they'll beat still us. beat us. Destroy us. Well, like, in this us. case, so I think Duke is the number two seed in the tournament, yeah. and we're the number three seed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, they beat us earlier this season, unsurprisingly, yeah. so... We'll see how this game goes. And then the other side of the bracket, Penn State is absolutely legit. I don't yeah. know where Penn State got good at lacrosse from. I don't either. So, I I don't know. You beat Duke, you're going to have to play a hell of a good Penn I, State I've said team. this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. We were distracted this season, this lacrosse season, because of basketball. Mm-hmm. It was too good. We had to ignore other sports. <laughs> so, now we're catching up. Yeah. Lax, yeah. yeah. But I've watched three lacrosse games in a row now. So, that's good. Yeah. So that's good. That, is good. <laughs> that is good. You know, it was funny actually on Twitter the other day. Um, Caroline Darney, who who writes for um, Streaking the Lawn, was talking about how like this team keeps coming from behind. It's awesome. And someone commented, "Is like the team's been doing this all year." And she's like, "I know. I've been covering <laughs> them all year. I'm just saying how awesome it is." Yeah, we don't really know that. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have known that. I'd be like, "Wow, that was a great game. That's so yeah, unusual." Lars was saying the same thing. That's so unusual. Like, yeah, like UVA wins close games, and then it's like, "Oh yeah, you know, they won three overtime games in a row at one point." That's not. How about that? Yeah. So yeah, Lax is doing all right, man. I like this spot. I like this spot. Uh, the, the other team I want to talk about is the men's baseball team, or just the baseball team. And we have made it to the ACC tournament, which was not a given. And we are the ninth seed in the ACC tournament. We are going to play. We are in the pool pool D with Miami and North Carolina. All right. And that's about all I know about it. Yeah, the I ACC, don't know. <laughs> baseball ACC tournament's really weird. There's four pools, uh, and they do a round-robin kind of play. So you've got... Uh, pool A with Louisville, Clemson, Boston College. Pool B with Georgia Tech, Duke, Notre Dame. Pool C with NC State, Florida State, and Wake Forest. And Pool D with Miami, North Carolina, and Virginia. And there are three teams that miss out. One of them is Virginia Tech. I know that because they suck. And uh, they were actually the last um, series that we won before we before we made it into the tournament. So that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. Always good to beat them. So are we... So we're in the ACC tournament. We are in the ACC. Are we tournament. most likely in the NCAA tournament? I now? don't know the answer to that question. We, I think the last, the last mock thing I saw, we are the last team in. I don't know if that's for sure, mm-hmm. but they, <laughs> it's funny when they put us in the UC Irvine regional, and uh, <laughs> last time that happened was 2014. So the championship. And we won a year? championship that All year. Right. So I'll take it if we get it. But we would probably be a the like three seed in that regional, which gotcha. would suck. Um, but yeah, so that'll be interesting. And that starts on Tuesday, May twenty first. So in a couple days, that'll start. And, I think UVA's uh, first game is actually Wednesday. That's not, like that sounds schedule. right. But yeah, but the pool play starts on yeah. Tuesday, just in general. So yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. And uh, the other last one, uh, last team that is making a postseason run is the women's rowing team. They just won the ACC championship. Great for them. I don't really know anything about rowing, but they beat everyone else, which it's was great. Tenth year in a row, I think, which is just crazy. 
That's insane. Like, I'm 90% sure that's accurate. It's kind of like, uh, feels like Clemson in football. How Clemson just, just wrecks just everyone. Dominates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Clemson, um, I saw this quote, quote from Davo Sweeney that said, if payers get played, he's going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because he's the highest paid coach in the NCAA. <laughs> So Dabo's the man, though. There was I forget where it was. There was some like video I saw on Twitter where like Dabo and Tony Bennett yeah, were talking. Yeah, and Dabo was talking about how he called UVA before like the Final Four of the championship. And I like Dabo. He's Dabo cool. was the guy that everyone liked, and then Clemson got good, and then people stopped liking as much. He's he's kind of a he's he's just a guy who's ready to have fun. Yeah, you know, dude. But I'll he's take also, him over Nick Saban any day of the week. Yeah, man. Nick Saban's kind of a kind of a mean guy a jerk <laughs> i was gonna say something else yeah. but we're a clean podcast <laughs> and but you know i mean the thing about Dabo, he's very against paying players and the ncaa just came out with something that might allow players to have their likenesses uh to gain profit off their likenesses which i'm fine with i'm fine with that too i think that's great you know if you're a good player and you're on the cover of ncaa 2022 or whatever yeah, That's now great. Kirk Herbstreet is all on that. Kirk yeah. Herbstreet's like, yo, we got to bring back NCAA. Like, <laughs> we dude, should. aren't you like 50? Like, we should. We should. I'd be down, man. But yeah. I'd be down. Bryce Perkins in a video game would be fun. He, is, be a, he is a player. video game. He like, is already a video game. Like, dual threat quarterback. Yeah. Like, he'd be good. All right, and with that, that is the end of our episode today. That's all we're going to talk about. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram at Guys and Ties Pod. Rob, what's coming out on Instagram lately? Um, we well, should get some content. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, here we go. It's coming. Um, make sure to follow us on iTunes and Podbean and Spotify now. If you want to give us a listen, if you want to keep listening to what Rob and I have to say, go check out Armchair All Americans. They're the media network we're associated with. They got a lot of great stuff. NBA playoffs is still going on. They've got some NHL stuff too. Baseball is in full swing right now. I'm not a huge baseball guy, but if you are, go ahead and check it out. And make sure to uh, give us a listen next week. Go Hoos. Go Hoos.